here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Orion, Aquila, and Lyra. These are the three Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlists, and we put them together for you. There are 90 songs, 30 on each list, and every one of you that are on those lists have had a show with me, and I thank you so much. Um, But I'd like you to check it out, like you to post it on your socials, if you would, please, because it's not only marketing um, your music, but it's marketing all these other amazing indie music artists from around the world. So uh, join me in recognizing and appreciating this talent. Don't forget, Dharmic Evolution was created to help others. And that's what we're doing right here. So what do we got going today? We've got another killer singer-songwriter. She's an independent R&B soul pop artist who has an absolutely stunning career going on in the music industry, hailing from Wexford, Pennsylvania. She's always had music in her life. Her mom was a music teacher, a liturgical minister, and encouraged her to pursue her passion for music. She went on to obtain a higher education at the esteemed and famous Berklee College of Music, graduated with a dual degree in contemporary writing and production and vocal performance. She's done it all. She's toured with Beyonce, small theaters, big theaters, currently living in Nashville, Tennessee with her husband and daughter, where she continues to write and record music with influences that range from Janet Jackson to the Beatles. She's crafted a dreamy electronic pop sound that is all her own. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City to the Music City to visit with singer-songwriter Danny Ivory. Danny, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. (laughs) So nice to have you here. And what a career you have carved out for yourself. I mean, you know, I was reading a lot about all the things you've done in uh, your short life. And congratulations on, uh, is it a little girl you have or a little boy? A little girl. Thank you. (laughs) Congrats. This is your first, I'm assuming. Yes, she's yeah. my first. And a, she is my, I love her so much. It's just incredible being a mother. So What a blessing, huh? And to have yeah. that along with music, that there's nothing better, right? <laughs> uh, especially when, you know, it definitely comes in handy trying to calm her down or put her to sleep. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. How, we, how is it all working with the music? Have you um, had any trouble like wrapping your life around, your musical life around, or did she just fit in just like just like that? Uh, she, I mean, you, there was some big changes we had a big move, uh, to Nashville from LA and I was eight months pregnant and then the pandemic. So all that stuff kind of like really made things weird. But in terms of just like between her and I music, uh, she loves music. She loves singing. Um, she likes when I sing to her, you know, she's, I toured, I was in 26 countries while I was pregnant with her, um, touring and she would always kick because the end of the show would usually be around 10 o'clock ish. And she would always kick at the very last song. And I, and that was her favorite song, which is a song for you by Rye. And <laughs> it was just incredible. Um, so yeah, she was born into the music. She loves to sing. Uh, and sometimes she hushes me and she'll be like, 
No, mommy, my turn. A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. <laughs> Taking right over, huh? <laughs> hey, tell me, yeah. how, how was the transition from, um, from uh, L.A. to Nashville? That must have been really different, huh? Uh, it is different. And honestly, I, I like trend. I like change. I'm not really afraid of change. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't affect me any heavy, less heavy. It's still heavy when you go from being in one city for a long time and it's establishing, I was, you know, pretty established. I knew people, I was, it was pretty much gig after gig there. And then, um, coming to Nashville and then becoming a mom. And I mean, all of that new city, new becoming a parent, a new mom, like uh, all that stuff was a lot of uh, pressure. I feel like for me, um, because obviously, even though I had friends here, I didn't have the connections like I had in LA. And I also was, didn't have the, I mean, when you have a child and you have no family near time is money yeah. Uh, plus, you don't trust just anybody with your child, especially like any a baby that's under six months to a year. So um, that was really hard um, trying to balance uh, having a, a infant child and still like trying to pursue music and uh, figure out, OK, well, what sessions can I do? What can I not do? Is this going to be worth my time? Um that's that is what what gets hard. So that's when it's like if you have family close, definitely tap into that resource. Because yeah. <laughs> then you say, "Hey, mom, I'm just gonna drop the baby off for a couple hours while I go do this session or I go play this gig," and then you don't have to worry about it, and you're making all your money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, it can be quite an expensive feat. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good now. It's two years later. Things are good. We got through the pandemic. Um, I'm gigging. Gigs are picking up and um, releasing my music. And uh, things are great now. It, it just, it was a little bit of a transition there. So. Yeah. Well, it must have been, it must have been almost a blessing to have, you know, like a newborn or a toddler in the house, you know, during the pandemic. Because if you couldn't do your music, you know, you probably took all that love and, you know, gave it to your child you know, as a, as, a, as a pleasant distraction from what everybody went through, which was, you know, what happened to my, my resource, uh, you know, my greatest thing ever, which is performing, you know, per performing music. So it's so good to see everybody getting back out again. It really is. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I think we should uh, give everybody a taste here, Danny. We're going to play Blackout by Danny Ivory. I thought I had myself in check. I fell in love, he put a ring on it. It was almost too good to be true How perfect my life looked from a different point of view On stages all over the world Long flights in the streets twirl twirl I was spinning out of control Like a dreidel toppled to the floor And my feet felt like lead I was swimming in my head So I'm a human being Blackout, blackout I unleash the bass My 
What a great song, great production. How did you come up with that? And could you give us the, the little backstory on that? Was uh, What's the metaphor surrounding that? Had anything to do with the pandemic or? No, this was written a while ago and it was based loosely on a true story, but kind of going through the motions of uh, basically what it can be like on tour. It's like a whirlwind and all of a sudden, like where, where did you, you wake up and you're like what the heck just happened like oh my goodness and that's kind of the you know you can have poetic license as a songwriter you exaggerate some things but um it's yeah loosely based on a true story and um i remember you know i had been touring at the time and uh my husband and i decided to take our honeymoon uh like two years after we got, or a year and a half after we got married, we went to Thailand and I went straight from Thailand to New York uh, to do a gig. And then from there, it was a two month tour and I wasn't over the jet lag. Um, if you've ever been to Thailand. Um, no, I haven't. It's like a 24 hour difference. It's, it's yeah. just your, and I had been to Japan, like many places over on that side of the world um, but my jet lag had never been this bad. I was complete opposite. I was up all night. I was sleep. I was tired, tired during the day and it didn't go away after a week. It took like a month. It was like a month to get, I don't know why. I don't know what. So blackout can was birthed from that experience, uh, being on tour and just having that crazy whirlwind, um, of an experience and I produced all of the music actually all of this music that I released I did before I moved to uh Nashville with um I co-produced it with my uh friend David Azambadzi who's uh he's from actually Georgia not Atlanta Georgia but Georgia the country oh, okay. um so uh he's multi-talented uh does film as well and, and he's a great uh producer and sound engineer so 
we worked on that today together so you can hear the production from him and i on that song <laughs> it's really fun um really enjoy that before we could dig into that a little deeper um tell me about thailand and it's like i know it's all the rage so many people in the last few years have been especially americans have been going to thailand and raving about it was that your experience did you really enjoy it I did. Now you have to be careful and there's scams everywhere and they yeah. know it over there that, you know, American tourists. Um, but we, we went to uh, Koh Samui and Koh Phanyan. So Koh Samui is a very uh, popular island. Um, and then Koh Phanyan is not as popular. It's, there's so many islands in Thailand. And I honestly, my husband and I decided we do want to go back. But next time we go back, we want to go for a month instead of two weeks and really like do some more exploring and island hopping. Um, but we did like three days in Koh Phanyan. That was the first place we went. And that island, there's no airport on the island. So you have to take a boat to it <laughs> from um, close to Bangkok. And um it was just really, no, not close to Bangkok. We had to fly somewhere, then take a boat. Um, but the thing I noticed there is there's a lot of Europeans there. It's not just like American tourists. There is a lot of Germans that go there to uh, uh, vacation. Um, also, uh, not uh, Denmark. Uh, I guess you call them Danes, the Danes right? Yeah. Danish. Yeah. There are a lot of Danish people there. Um, and it was beautiful you can do i mean so many things snorkeling um you have to be careful not to get scammed like i said like a lot of the um they'll try to overcharge you on the boat rides and things like that so you just be careful but everything yeah. beaches are gorgeous um they have a, something on i think the coast Mui island where it's called the full moon party and it's like um massive massive party that they have once a year and everybody comes out for it but we saw like the lady man shows that they do <laughs> it was really <laughs> funny um i think they impersonated beyonce and um i mean they work off tips too like they'll come out and you know just totally like be crazy and then you can give them tips and whatnot so yeah um but there's temples everywhere so that's one thing so in the united states we have like churches everywhere. Um, there they have temples everywhere. And um, it was just, it was, it just felt magical and in, in this uh, old uh, ancient way and yeah. uh, can't have spaghetti straps on. Um, there are certain times that you can't go in them. And um, just to see the, the rich history of the ancient traditions that were there learning about lemongrass and how, um, uh, citronella comes from lemongrass and it's like a natural i could go on for a long time about it to tell you the truth <laughs> there's more stories and you know fighting um you know the, the national sport that they have there and it was um what's that called muay thai we saw a muay thai fight that was incredible oh wow yeah a lot of ufc yeah. guys go there to train hey um can we talk a little more about the production and how you guys arrived at the sound you did for um, uh, for uh, the song we just played, that was really, really, it's so well done. Um, can you just give us a, a peek inside of to, to the way you work when you get in the studio? Okay, so uh, as I mentioned, I was on tour at the time and I was really wanting to like make an album. So I started 
Uh, it's hard on, when you're on tour because you're very just you're you're not in one place. You don't have a your schedule is basically show up at soundcheck, go get dinner, come back, play the show, get on the bus, go to the next city, and maybe. Maybe you get a hotel, maybe you're not there in time to get the hotel. So back to soundtrack. So sometimes you just don't have a lot of privacy, but um, I was determined to like start getting as many ideas as I could. So I was in the, when we had hotel rooms, I would bring my little, I had this, it's right here. Actually, let me grab it. I have a little keyboard. I'll show you. All right. We're going to, we're going to jam right now. This is going to be awesome. Well, <laughs> this is like a little, it comes in this little case right. and it's like. X key. Is that what this say? Yeah, it's oh, cool. called, yeah, it's an X key and it's literally it's a USB, it's like this big USB, yeah. small. And me being a piano player, it's actually really hard for me to play on these kinds of instruments cuz they're so unnatural to me. Yeah. I'm used to like piano and heavy weighted keys and things. But this is what I used. And I went in my hotel room and I would lay down like just basic piano track and come up with idea. Sometimes I'd be on the bus, I'd come up with the lyrical idea, I'd record voice memos in my phone. Any songwriter probably has like millions of voice memos in yeah. their phone. Yeah. Um, and that's where this this idea came from. I was in a hotel room, sent it, I sent all my ideas to David. When I got back into town, he came over into my home studio and that's how we fleshed it out. So that's kind of the process nice. of what we went through. Yeah, it's it's really great. I love the uh, the sounds that he's getting on this. Hey, we're gonna play another one. Uh, this one is called Pink Lightning. There's a sparkle in the sky, telling me to hold on tight. There's a voltage in the air. On my hair, goosebumps on my arm. Sound cause to be alarmed. Chaos everywhere, but I don't even care. You shot me through the Sets me free It's electric, so magnetic 
Pink Lightning, really another great song. Um, I wanted to ask you about touring with Beyonce. What was that like? Did you guys get to play chess together, chess together. or checkers or anything? Or <laughs> Oh, can you repeat that? You just glitched for like... Oh, okay. You were getting a little bit of dropout. How was... I wanted to ask you about touring with Beyonce. How was that experience? Uh, well... It was amazing. It was also, she's pretty much untouchable. That's uh, what I figured. <laughs> um, she was one of, for how big she is as an artist and how was famous. Um, the first day I met her and I, we were in rehearsals in Las Vegas at the wind. So we were in some like ballroom uh, rehearsing and she came in and she walked right up and introduced herself and said, hi, I'm Beyonce. And I, she shook my hand and she, so that was very friendly. That was really nice of her. A lot of uh, artists at her caliber might not be, be as welcoming or, yeah. you know, everybody knows who they are. Why would she, but she introduced herself. So I really appreciated that. Um, but honestly, after that, there was not much interaction beyond uh, on the stage working, working. She's just such a hard worker and a diligent worker. And just, she's, you know, she's amazing um there was she was holding blue at the time and i had a little bit of conversation with her there and it was very nice i mean she's just she's awesome and um she always we do the uh, prayer circle that's a consistent like ritual before every show that the entire you know stage crew not necessarily the crew but the stage people people any like uh managers or whatever will come in we all hold hands uh, someone says a prayer and does like a pump up song or dance and then we go on. That's so, great. Um, yeah, but she's amazing. And she was the reason why we I didn't see her very often outside of like shows or rehearsals was also because she was making a video for every song on the Beyonce album that she was about to release. So in between our crazy tour schedule, she was like flying to whatever city and making music videos. <laughs> So wow. she didn't have any free time. But your your personal experience being on that tour, was it something that you were able to like grow and leverage your career? Because, of, I mean, you know, obviously you're with, you know, a mega caliber star. Um, but as far as what did it do for you, like as an artist, as a performer, um, playing to those audiences, did you feel like your game came up? Did you have like some awareness of more songs coming to you? Anything special you could share with us? Um, yeah, I think it was more in the personal uh, education of, of like, okay, this is what it takes to, to make a successful show. And this is what it takes to make a successful successful production um you know the other band members and the music director that was all very solid and positive um 
I don't know if it actually got me any gigs through those people beyond just the name of, oh, you played with Beyonce. All right, cool. Let's use that. Come play with us, you know. But um, but it was it was really more about like the personal growth that I was able to have as a performer and a young, you know, upcoming singer songwriter um, and seeing what it takes to, to be successful in that in that area of entertainment. What is your favorite gig to do, Danny? Is it is it big shows like that, or do you, would you prefer like being out? Um, obviously, everybody wants to you know host their own show or anything, but but like where are you most comfortable? Like really, really big arena type places, more medium sized, intimate? Because you've you've done it all, obviously. So is yeah, there a sweet spot for you? That's a good question. Um, now I liked the Beyonce gig uh, because it was like a f- so professional, and you know yeah. she had a whole legal team. And whenever we got our contracts, it was we were on retainer. When we weren't on the road, we were still getting paid, and that's like a beautiful situation, um, which was really nice. But uh, I'm gonna say that arenas are not the most enjoyable venues for me yeah. uh, because they all it's just like concrete slabs, and you just feel like you're I don't know, and just it's almost. I don't know. But with all the artists, especially big artists like her or Drake or whoever's in there, they have a wardrobe, not a wardrobe, um, hospitality team, basically. And they come in and like, you know, she'll have three dressing rooms and like her style. She likes all white. So there'll be all white couches and like white draperies and everything. And it's their job to like make her room feel the way she wants it um and so every tour is like that drake does the same thing i think he has like special leather couches that are tufted or whatever but um i personally like uh smaller venues uh like maybe two to five thousand seaters theaters uh, halls uh, you know like orchestral halls uh, theaters um and i got a majority of my experience doing that with Rye, R-H-Y-E, that band. Yeah. And also with Gallant, when we opened up for uh, Sufjan Stevens, we got to play in some of the most amazing historical theaters around the world. And I just, I loved it because acoustically just, you don't even need microphones. Tell me about um, your mom being a music teacher, right? And she's also a minister, right? Uh, this must have been very cool. Yeah. Did you did you cut your teeth in church like singing? Um, is that how you got first yes. connected? Oh, I I'm. Let me take off my hat. I don't have a hat, but if I did, I'd take it off. I I just love it when, you know, singer songwriters come from that area. Like you know, so many great ones such as yourself and Whitney, and there's just been a a host of them that got their experience. Like in church, there's something so special about that. So you knew right away that this was kind of cut out for you. You were sort of destined to do this uh, for a career. Is that correct? Yes, I knew. I knew from a young age I wanted to be in music. Um, now it's not that you're. It's not the Whitney Houston type of church. It was, you know, it was a Catholic church. So I yeah. grew up singing like psalms and uh, cantering. You know, leading the congregation, raising right. my hands like that. Sure. Um, but not just singing. I sang in the choir. I sang solo. Um, and there were many late nights where I was, you know, <laughs> in this old, she worked at 
a few churches, but I remember this one St. Mary's in Glenfield is what it's called in Pennsylvania. And it's a smaller church, old rickety kind of like pews and being there till 10 o'clock on while she's closing everything up. And I just remember looking at the statues and the Mary and I was like, is she looking at me? Can she see me? And like getting a little and scaring myself a little bit and be like, this is, you know, it's a little creepy, but also feeling the magic of the spirituality that existed in that, in a house of God like that. So, yeah. Um, Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. How about Berkeley? Tell us a little bit about that. Fabulous school or what? <laughs> Fabulous school. Yeah. Uh, so different from what I had experienced educationally prior. Um, and so they attract some of the most incredible, you know, teachers, um, which I mean, I wouldn't mind teaching there someday if I could, uh, that, you know, as an elective, it's just, I don't live in Boston. Um, but I remember they do ensembles you, when you enter, when I went there, you didn't, um, audition. Now you have to audition, but if you wanted to get a scholarship, you had to audition. So I auditioned and was able to get a scholarship which is nice but for every student what they do is uh give you they gave you a number one through five one being like okay this student doesn't have a very strong musical foundation so they they're in the one class best musicians ever so and some classes were mixed numbers they didn't it didn't go by the number system but i was in like a level four or five um, ensemble and it was called Negro Spiritual Ensemble and they have ensembles you have to take I think four semesters of ensembles uh, while you're there and I was like this is cool what is the or what is this all about um, and Dennis Montgomery I'll never forget Dennis Montgomery he came in and he's he was an organist and a pianist and a, everything and that was just by far the most life-changing ensemble I had because all these uh, spirituals that we would do, there's no arrangement that exists the way that we were doing them in, in our ensemble. Um, and he, you know, just sitting around somebody that can play like that and improvise. And um, it was, it was incredible. So they have excellent teachers there and I learned so much. Did they help you with um, organizing your like, like, what's your your schedule like as far as day to day? Especially now, you're it's compounded because you're a mom too. But is do you have like a very very rigid um, approach to how you schedule your time? Like for writing, for instance, for maybe rehearsal, working on vocals. Do you schedule it all out, or is it whatever happens to get need the most attention at that particular time? Yeah, no. And but while I was in school, it was definitely scheduled out, <laughs> like yeah. practice this and that. Now right. it's not because, you know, it's like if I have um, a dueling piano gig on Saturday night, there's my practice for that is going to be a lot different than if I'm leading worship at a church on Sunday or whatever I'm doing. Um, so it, it definitely my schedule is not de definite every day it is not the same every day it is now there are like weekly schedule things where like I, this day and this day of the week my daughter goes to daycare so i can schedule certain things during that time because i don't have to worry about you know getting a sitter for her for that and this but um for the most part like it's it's kind of scheduled out on a weekly weekly basis i would say i'm glad you're still you're still doing uh you're leading worship at the church that's, that's really awesome 
you know, with all that you have going on, uh, you managed to shoehorn it in there, right? Yeah, I like doing yeah. it. And it's, yeah. it just feels like, uh, it's just, I, I start, I did it in LA for three years. Um, actually, to, to be honest, I, after, let's see, I was in LA for like, maybe a year, less than a year. And my friend called me up and said, do you want to come play and sing at this church? And that's where I got my first gig um, in LA. And it like professional touring gig because the drummer from that church band recommended me to audition for the CeeLo Green tour. <coughs> and because he did that, I was able to audition for it and then I got the gig. So that's where it kind of started. I think church is like a really good place um, to network number one yeah. and number two uh to you know keep your chops chops up yeah how was CeeLo green he's awesome that must have been fun right he's really smart really fun guy um, yeah and prankster a little bit of a jokester in <laughs> a good surprised. and bad way but yeah um i mean he likes to do crazy things like oh let's see what happens if i post my uh phone number on twitter <laughs> Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have to change your number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> Don't test fate. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what you do. When, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to entertain yourself on the road, too, you know. So I guess that's what he was looking to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What are you looking to do as far as, as we're getting close to the end here? Um, for the rest of this year, do you have like a really um, aggressive touring schedule put together for the rest of this year? Like, what are you looking forward to like the next, say, 18 months or so? What, what does life look like for Danny Ivory? Um, so I, I'm releasing, I'm going to be releasing more music and as well as music videos. My main thing is to release the music this year by the end of 2021 and then next year try to book more i know everybody's ready to go out on the road so next year's gonna be crazy but um <coughs> uh i'm trying working on trying to book things for next spring and summer um and that's kind of my goal but i don't have anything definitive just yet in terms of like danny ivory touring right would you like to say anything in closing for number one um what is the best place to connect to Danny Ivory is it Instagram uh, we'll have all your show your uh, links in the show notes of course but any preferred place that you would like to meet people um have them reach out to you yeah Instagram is great I need to be a little bit more active on there but um Instagram is perfect my website has all my shows and all that stuff on there and you can also message me directly from my website and then also Facebook works um my Facebook fan page page Danny Ivory so um any of that will work just okay fine. great but I'm any not gonna say no to some uh Instagram follow if you follow me and send me a message you know um I might not see the message right away if it goes into like the request thing but right <clears throat> I'll see it and then I'll respond and say hi so don't be afraid to to talk to me I won't because I already did so I'll be oh. looking for you <laughs> <laughs> great uh, so any any kind of last words you would like to uh, to say to everybody out there? Maybe you want to just say hello to uh, your fan base, our fan base, and also any words of wisdom for up-and-coming young singer-songwriters, anything you would like to uh, just um, impart them with? Uh, just, you know, don't, don't stop. Keep it up. Keep going. Um, work on your craft. The more you write, 
you just got to show up at the page. And even if you don't feel like it and it's a hard day, um, just push through it. And, you know, you don't have to like feel inspired every day, but uh, from there you can find the inspiration, I feel like. So it's, it's just important that you show up, don't give up. Um, because just like anything else, you know, an author, they're not going to always come up with like their award-winning story every time they go to write something, but, you know, they sit down every day and they show up at the page and they write. Um, so it's in the, the monotony, I guess, of those, those days that you can find magic, I think. Push the pen. Push the pen. Yes. Danny, thank you so much for being part of the Dharmic Evolution. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing your music, your songs, your stories. And I uh, just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your husband, your new baby, and uh, um, all of your family and your career moving forward. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was great. My pleasure. Don't forget to stop by dharmicevolution.com. Check out the new website with Danny Ivory, her blog post, her photos, her music, and this interview, along with a lot of other goodies. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So Ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on Baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on We can unlock each other's destiny I taste the breeze of freedom It's tingling on my tongue Tangle all the 